0: Hello, dear Influential Leaders, this is Lenka and Alexander (laughs) coming at you straight from the Netherlands with yet another episode with the Influential Executive Podcast. And today, well, we talk about so many things and I'm sure that minimum one of them is the question that you keep asking yourself over and over, namely, how can I get in a state of flow or Does it really like? Is it really possible to get a work-life balance, or can I have kids and a career? And what should I pass on to my children when I want to make them into the really like best versions, or when I want to help them to become the best versions of themselves? So that and much more we talk about today with Camilla Preston.
1: Yeah, It was very exciting to connect with with Camille because there's so much overlap uh, between our businesses. Of course, uh, I need to mention that this episode is sponsored (laughs) by our business Earn More Work Less and we help companies to get rid of stress in the office. When there's stress, that's a red flag that people are no longer in control. And so a couple of actions are needed to get back in the driver's seat. Well, that's one of the topics that came up today. We speak about uh, how to manage your own family and combine it with working life. Is work-life balance really a thing? We speak about the importance of intuition, relationships, emotional intelligence. And what I like most about this conversation Is that Camille also asked us some questions? Yeah, that was very good. So, this was more a conversation even than just an interview. But enough talking. Enjoy our conversation with Camille Preston. Camille, welcome to the Influential Executive Podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you both today.
1: You are the founder of AIM Leadership. Is that for aim or do the letters stand for something else?
2: Sure. So I like that it has a dual purpose because every leader is aiming for more typically, but I also have a uh, embedded in there, this idea of awaken inner mastery with this idea that everyone, I think, especially great leaders, there's always a little bit more that they could like pop out from deep within themselves and bring a greater level of mastery to the table. So it's kind of, a
1: playful book I suppose. I'm very excited to hear more about it. Many people in our audience are leaders themselves, team leaders inside lar- larger organizations and of course there's always so much to do and time is running very fast so we're constantly <laughs> looking for those those nuggets, those tips and also the fundamentals on how to get more done with less time. Yeah. And one key word that you uh, speak about a lot and especially in your second book, you focus on it is flow. Mm. What what does flow mean in a setting of business? Mm,
2: Great question. So I would go back to flow, which was first identified by uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi in the seventies. So flow is actually a psychological concept of peak performance. uh, And, I think what's so exciting now with the advances in neuroscience is how we are at a place where we can better understand what causes flow, how do we recreate flow, how do we rethink work for flow. So I I write a lot from this idea of peak performance, but as a mom and a business owner, it's about figuring out how they all come together. And my goodness, when it flows, it's fabulous. And when when you hit a dam, it is. (laughs) (laughs) turbulent waters so how do we make it flow Mm. you know that's that's the hundred thousand dollar question and you know the work that I love doing is that what's flow for me is different from flow for you which is different for flow for you and it's really shifting the journey from a like okay I'm going to put in these 10 morning routines because they work for Tim Ferriss or they work for Keith Ferrazzi or they work for Marshall Goldsmith and starting to understand ourselves. Like who am I at my core? What is it that I need to be my best self? And then how do I start to rethink how I structure my days, how I structure relationships, how I position myself for success. So you all saw all the light in here. I love bright light. Like morning sunshine is so important to me. That's like one of my tr- flow t- my triggers for flow but it's about working with people to figure out what is it that they need. And it's amazing, even the most successful leaders that I've worked with, scaling companies in VCs, in large organizations, don't have a lot of knowledge about what they need to be their best. It's, it's really humbling. And would you say that
0: finding a flow is a skill that everyone can learn and especially leaders
2: should learn? I think it's a skill if you think of flow in the psychological state I think flow hacking is a skill flow optimization (laughs) I think uh, managing your state rethinking how you operate so you spend more time in flow those are all skills I think flow is more the destination that people are aspiring to
1: Uh, that's interesting One thing uh, that I remember about flow of one of my countless discussions or good conversations with a good friend of mine, he's a flow expert active in the Netherlands and he Uh works both with sports teams, individual players and businesses. Mm -hmm. And he described flow once to me as a state of mind in which you are not thinking, you're just Mm -hmm. being in the moment.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. Where things are just kind of almost flowing through you. Like the ideas are coming and that's, I I like that. I it's, it's the effortlessness where you're doing great things and creating great things. And um, I'm kind of in an interesting spot, like personally right now, which is I'm a really good runner. Like I've running has always been, really easy for me. I'm a horrible coach because I could just put on my shoes and go run. Um, And I'm nursing an injury. And I've signed up for this road race, literally like a fundraiser for my son's school. And I'm so present to how little flow I'm getting on the road. Like I used to just lose myself and it was so enriching. And it's really interesting when you hit up against those edges of yourself. I don't know if that resonates for you all.
1: Yeah, I've done a lot of running myself three marathons Uh, during every marathon. I was asking myself like, well, why did you sign up for this? But I finished all three of them.
2: And how did you feel afterwards?
1: Uh, Completely destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, proud and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: Did you have that, like, yeah, sign me up for another one?
1: No, that, that usually took a little while. Okay. It, was, it, was, it was more like, okay, I'm happy I have this behind me. I can uh, tick off the box and now I can do it and never right. again. But <laughs> different circumstances presented itself. So I ended up signing up for two more. And Then uh, some, some injuries started to become uh, more persistent. So right now I'm happy the moments I can go for a run.
2: So I'm curious, where do you all find flow in your work these days? Where are you seeing that show up? Well, for me, I could really
0: relate to sun. Uh, yesterday, I had such a great moment because last week, I promised myself I'm going to really follow my feeling. So a lot of my feeling, let's say, pushes me into a direction. And then sometimes my mind overrules it and says, I'm not going to go the direction. And it's very often where I could find flow. So yesterday, I was really doing it. And I ended up having a very productive day just because of beautiful sun. And I always like having my cup of coffee or a cup of tea next to me and have a quiet room. I always like having lots of light inside of, uh, of my house or inside of my office. So that's basically for me the most important and as well reflecting in the morning, like really setting up my mind what do I feel like? What am I inspired to do? Um, that's really something that, that
2: always sets me in a, in
0: a nice state of flow.
1: So I
2: heard you say your morning is your biological prime time yes. and that you optimize your flow or your opportunity to get a flow by preparation, like stillness, preparation, reflection. Mm-hmm. And when you have that intentionality you bring to your morning, all of a sudden, and things can unfold when yes. you're aesthetically motivated in a beautiful space after stillness. It like, yeah, that's awesome. That's, and then you can't control flow, but you can control your environment fantastically. So that's, that's
1: interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice way of looking at it. We, uh, lately, we've been listening a lot to Abraham Hicks. Oh, yeah.
2: Know.
0: And it
1: was actually a woman's voice. So um, I tend to say she speaks a lot about momentum. You know, this mm-hmm. idea that at night all momentum subsides. You're asleep, so it's as if your world just doesn't move, doesn't change, doesn't exist for a while. And as you get up, you have a completely clean slate ahead of you, and you can set up your day to have a positive momentum. And especially when you design it with some uh, smart steps in the morning that work for you personally, you can just get a momentum going that just keeps on going your entire day. And that's what we've been playing with. Um, it's been very good.
2: Yeah, and and that's interesting. So putting an in intentionality to close things down in the evening, so that there's white space to open things up in the. Yeah. And then you have kids, and it all goes out. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now we just have three cats, and they might sometimes pull you out of the flow. Often they as well generate flow for me, like, they, they give me this, I don't know, this nice calm feeling and that sometimes helps. Um, I will be interested in uh, hearing how busy leaders can get in a state of flow in a very um, destructive environment, like lots of open space offices, that's where you have distractions everywhere. And I think lots of people struggle with really getting into the um, state of flow. So do you have any tips for those individuals?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. Um, I would say my first book was like a, it was a aspirin, like a painkiller. <laughs> and my second book was a vitamin, like, a, here's how to do it like in a fabulous way. And sadly, I think the world really is much more interested in painkillers or aspirins. Mm. And so a lot of the work that I, I, harnessed into the second book i've really repurposed for leaders because it's about managing bandwidth the primary challenge i see almost every leader struggling with is how do they manage the volume variety velocity and veracity of things that are coming over the transom to them how do they hold all of that and prioritize the things that are most important so Flow is fabulous. I think a starting point for a lot of folks is getting them back in the driver's seat, getting them to a place where they feel like they're in control. Sounds so small, but it's so fleeting to so many folks. Does that, does that resonate?
1: Yeah, it resonates very much. Um, we also defined three levels of performance at work. At mm. bottom level, we, we see people just being stressed. Always one step behind, always in a hurry, always uh, too much to do, not enough time, uh, working on one thing while already thinking about everything else that needs to be done, and you're just never present in the current moment. That's a moment where you t- tend to even create more work than, than finish because you cannot think clearly. Yeah. So the, f- the first level up, the first step is indeed to just get in the driver's seat take back control and to feel that you have power over what's going on.
2: Yeah. And And those little steps that you mentioned of like what you need in the morning are so simple, but those are, that's, you do those, it gets you right back in the driver's seat. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah. That's (laughs) a great point. There's, There's simple things you can do. And of course, having a structure, a systemized way of working, of, managing your information, writing down everything you promised, committed to, so that it's not in your head, but that you save everything outside of your head. That's a huge one there. And then when your head is empty, you create space for the third level. And and that's flow. That's where you uh, manage to get into situations that you love being in and just be present and, and flow with it. Typically, they're a bit more challenging. There are things that you like, things you're good at, things that have a clear goal. Uh, and when you can organize your work days to just be a series of beautiful moments where you experience flow, mm-hmm. now you enter some kind of heaven, even in the yeah. office.
2: So I think we're, we're very aligned in, in our thinking. I would describe it as kind of a five-step process. You described it as, as three levels um cuz i don't think you can stay in flow long term i think it's about stepping in stepping out stepping in stepping out so i think about preparation mm-hmm. that purposeful struggle where you're doing the good work you're doing that heavy lifting and then the release where you step back you pet your cats you mm-hmm. enjoy some sunshine you take a walk you empty the trash whatever those things are so you str- prepare str- struggle release and then if you optimize those three, you increase the likelihood of flow. I, I think I get scared sometimes because we all want flow and it, yeah. it, can be, it can be, when we seek it so desperately, it can be fleeting. Does that, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like today's gonna be the day and it's like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's interesting and I always wondered, can we be in a flow while we are thinking? Because for me, I remember, Years ago, I worked for uh, an IT company and sometimes I had this repetitive job of like filling up spreadsheets and Excel files and I remember putting my house music on and you know, and then you, you got in a state of flow and suddenly five hours work on, and like all sheets were nicely filled. I'm wondering, can you really think while being in a
2: state of flow? Yeah, I mean, I think flow is... Oh, is an. I mean, the the research says flow is a neurological state; it's a psychological state. The neurochemistry is different. Mm -hmm. It's like that peanut butter meets chocolate Reese's moment where ideas come together. So, what you describe, like, I wonder if you're entering data, you might do it faster. How you're entering data, but if you also are noticing trends that you might not have noticed or seeing things or having new insights, that's where I think flow is really. Mm -hmm. It's about execution but with the ideation or innovation that comes from being in that deep thinking i don't know does that resonate for you yeah absolutely yeah it's also nice it really like makes the difference
0: between between the two because indeed every now and then it was just light and easy i would say but every now and then it was light and easy and there were some new insights about how to make it better faster nicer you know something like you have those clicks so it definitely resonates yes
2: yeah. I'm curious when you see, I, I think your distinctions of like stressed and distracted and kind of doing the, the busy work of the office versus the flow. I do think that differentiates great leaders, the leaders who can manage their state to get into that purposeful productivity, that in, intentional work are the ones that get it ahead. And I'm just curious, what have you seen with the leaders that you've worked with that have really differentiated those what, is, what are the intrinsic characteristics that differentiate those people who are able to get into that state?
1: Well, it all starts uh, with them making a decision. <laughs> a decision that they are willing to do things differently and, and really optimize and leverage the power of their minds. Mm. The idea that maybe up to this day, I have been overlooking a huge realm of possibilities and I'm willing to just experiment with new things. And, and then what happens is when we work with them, we just propose a series of experiments one by one, depending on where somebody is, what somebody is ready for, excited for. So for one, it is about just emptying the mind, you know, writing down everything that needs to be remembered. And from that space, suddenly new connections appear, new ideas. And you know, it can be one simple idea that revolutionizes a business. Well, yeah. It only comes when you make space. But for another one, it can be about being present in the current moment, having those conversations, looking the other person in the eye, and instead of thinking about the email he will send after the conversation, mm-hmm. seeing what's really going on inside of the other person. So yeah. it manifests in many different ways depending on where the person is
2: yeah I think you know you speak to the the relationships get so deteriorated because we're so busy and moving so fast and moving in so many different directions um, I, I I agree a hundred percent about the writing things down and there's a lot of neuroscience that actually supports why you want to get it out of you and write it down but then I think the second part is um, or I should say and the second part is there's so many things on our list that do not bring joy, add value, or move the dial. And so it's it's getting them out of you so you can see them. I, I talk about collate, eliminate, like cross off the things that aren't gonna bring you joy, automate, build once, use many so that you can then delegate more effectively and spend and so if you collate, eliminate, automate delegate you can then accelerate and celebrate and create you can have that bandwidth to be able to do all the things that we talk about so many people have so much it's like uh their brains are like computers and too many programs open so their brains are not functioning at peak performance because they're just they're just the ram is all used up in remembering That's Stupid a, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of a conversation
0: that we had with david Allen as well he said uh Your brain is really a shitty office it's just not gonna work that way how we hope and i remember conversation with him he said very often the person who are interested in getting things done are people who don't need them it's just like people already are very systematic they are organized they already understand it and they know there is yet another step that they can take So I'm wondering, is it in your experience as well like this? Because I I remarked that this is something that most of our clients have. They already know they have a certain level of uh, structure and they are very self-reflective. They are curious, they are disciplined, and they know that with this, they can build way much more.
2: Yeah, I think I I agree that most clients and most leaders are sage and have wisdom um, I think the overwhelm <laughs> is exhausting and people really doubt themselves. They really like, they. I'm always amazed at the number of senior executives that don't trust their own inner wisdom. And is, is that, am I hitting that what you're saying? Like people have a lot of knowledge. And I was just talking with um, someone this morning and she said, well, how do I do that? How do I get my inner wisdom? And I was thinking, yeah. If, if I could just pull up your resume and show you the things you've written and like how you're perceived as the thought leader in this inter- like international thought leader. But, but it, and her question was very legitimate. She was really curious about how does she silence herself to listen to her inner wisdom and then let that come and guide her actions. And it's a journey that we're all on and it's becoming more urgent as we see this quickening of technology
1: the the funny thing is it's becoming more urgent and we want it and we're so used to making things happen and this this thing you achieve by doing the exact opposite you don't make it happen you let it happen Mm -hmm. don't build your way towards it you just let go of things and then it is coming
2: I would say yes, Anne. I think you prepare. I think you set the container, you set the table, you invite the right guests to the table, and then you have the fantastic dinner party. So it's, um, nice. do you, are you familiar with the movie The Secret? Yes. Yeah. I think like there's a backlash to that where people are like, you can't just own your way into happiness. And I agree, you can't own your way. You have to do the, you have to lay the foundation, and it's not. It's not about doing. So if I could, um, can I share a quick story on that? That's the thing ahead. that kicked my tail to the curb and back was trying to get pregnant. Cause you can't do your way into being pregnant. Like you can do everything possibly right and you can't do your way into being pregnant. Like you just can't. And that was perhaps one of the hardest journeys because I had like, done so much in my life and i think that speaks to what you're talking about and i really it's it's a it's a more personal metaphor but it's it's really about how you be in the world i'm curious is this <laughs> resume this is so brilliant i'm now immediately like okay so
0: i'm really wondering what what was for you that's cracked the code and i i like most people know about our journey that likes we're very open about our personal stories and we're trying to get pregnant and things didn't work. And then I figured out that I'm carrying genetic disease after my father, long story short, we've been through pre-implantation IVF phase. And and three weeks ago, we figured out that the only embryo that was surviving all of those phases has the genetic disease and thus can't be implemented through IVF. So it's just, I don't believe in coincidences. So I believe that you are here right now (laughs) for a very good reason
2: telling this story thank you i didn't know any of that i apologize like i hope i'm not talking about something. there's flow and serendipity because it's not it's not your typical professional story right like it's not um so i i will say it was the hardest thing i've ever done so i take my hat off to you both for being on the journey um it is long and arduous, and the uncertainty <laughs> is so painful. And I don't know your experience, but it felt like everybody was getting pregnant, like especially people who didn't even want to get pregnant. <laughs> You're it, like, what? Are you that's doing? true. It is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's this interesting. Um, it's this interesting. So I'll give you a metaphor. So I came to leadership development from law enforcement, working with police executives, police chiefs in um, large jurisdictions. And uh, my first day on the job was 9-11, which is the day that hometown security became homeland security. So all of a sudden you had these big police chiefs who like, everybody was turning to and they were like quaking in their boots themselves. So um, I set that as a context. I carry one donut with me, because cops do eat more donuts. Um, one donut, and if you think of a the donut, there's the donut hole, which is your comfort zone. Yeah. There's the donut which is your learning zone, where you're growing and stretching and taking new actions. And it's like, it feels good because you're challenging yourself. And then there's the outer edge of the donut, which is what Terror's Edge is. Mm -hmm. It's where you hit up against those things that really scare you. And outside of Terror's Edge is where it can be like a free fall. And for me, infertility was like intentionally stepping past Terror's Edge time and time again. I was so out of control of my body. I was so emotional. I was so hormonal. And it was like the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting a different response. Um, so for me, that was like really about how do you, I did a TEDx talk on the journey. So that's that's a resource for folks. Um, but how do you pursue something that you want with like quiet desperation? Um <laughs> if it was just maybe a little too close to home so here's what i would say is there's a lot of options out there if if is it an option to do more ivf cycles to see if you can clear embryos without the genetics or is that not in the cards for you all
1: yeah it it is an option right now we're mostly in a space where we say okay is it right now good timing for us to do that because we feel that we've been living life at 200 miles an hour <laughs> for the past 8 years and and then some yeah. so this this whole notion of you you cannot force pregnancy um we believe that it's also very much a matter of letting go and relaxing and letting the b- body settle back into its natural state it's the, it's receptive mode. Um, so part of us yeah. says maybe it's good to just wait for a little while and get back into, yeah, let's say a more natural rhythm.
2: Well, you know, that's interesting cause the chemicals, like it is hijacking your body to try to get it to do what it's the chemicals want. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated because time matters like women have a clock. Uh, so that's, that's something to consider. I also think, um, I believe that like leadership, fertility is part science, part art of like getting the right chemicals and the right triggers. Mm-hmm. And then part art, so part science, part art, and a huge part of heart is having your body be that receptive place. Mm-hmm. I think that's leadership too right? It's, there's a science of leadership, there's an art of leadership, which levers to pull in. And then there's the heart that drives change. Um, I also think right now we're in such an exciting time for infertility in terms of, um, stem cells, being able to create embryos from stem cells. And then also donor eggs are, I think a really exceptional option. I think, um, like if that becomes another viable choice. I happen to live in the, uh, one of the fertility capitals of the world, and we would love to welcome you into our home if you come to Boston. <laughs> like, I, can, I can make lots of recommendations for great doctors. I'd love to have you. Um, but I, I do think all of this is a journey that you're on that's personal, but it's yeah. defining who you are as leaders. It's defining how you navigate adversity. It's defining how you have critical conversations. Yeah. It's defining how you claim life so how you create life yours and potentially others so i will i will hold you both in my heart and continue to yeah if i, if I want to shock offline can continue.
1: thank you yeah
2: um does, it, does that resonate the heart art and science of leadership absolutely
0: absolutely and i love it and i mean this journey you can i always say so you can look at the same thing from two perspectives is it is it good or better? Is it a learning experience? And I think we always looked at it as a learning experience. And that's what kind of kept us always on the positive side of things. Like, okay, it didn't work out, but there are other options and there are other things that probably our way is going somewhere else right now. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it has definitely helped me to grow up as well as a person yet again. And show me that there are so many beautiful things out there if you want to see them. So, <laughs>
2: it's a choice it goes back to what you said about a lot of this is a decision deciding how you want to engage with your life your day your flow
1: i can imagine and now talking about preparation um you're in an interesting phase now as well because it was all business and go 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 and now there's family so there's a whole other world opening up that maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't always respond as you like or expect and what, what are your lessons learned so far from shift from business world to business world plus family world?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting, um, it's a good question. I think when you have family, you have less, um, latitude to like jam things in, like pull late nights and what have you. So preparation becomes that much more important when you have a, multiple parties relying on you. So I have my business, I'm a partner in a Boulder-based venture capital firm, and then I have my family. So there's lots of different levers. The preparation becomes that much more important. Combined with the the systems and strategies of how how do you keep each train running, but then also how do you close down a chapter to open up another chapter? How do you shut down work so you can be fully present? And then you know, like doing that, uh, the cans. And, and I would say the one thing that has been the most um, joyous part of that for me is um, really shifting uh, my mindset about how some things happen. And um, I'll give you a quick example. So a lot of people have a lot of opinions about co-sleeping and whether like, it's good to have people's kids sleep in your bed. Uh, we put our daughter down to bed every night in her bed. We go to sleep every night in our bed. And invariably, we wake up and she's in our bed. Like, I have no idea how she gets there, <laughs> like, what happened or, like, what time she showed up. I mean, short of, like, locking her in her room, I'm not sure what else we would do. And so rather than, like, for a while, I used to, like, fret and, like, oh, what am I doing? Is scarring her? Like, is this bad? And now I just think, how blessed am I that she wants to be this close to us? And, you know, the oxytocin of snuggling someone, I'm like, you know what, she's just taking care of herself. She knows she needs that connectivity. I'm going to let her come in and snuggle. And so uh, I think shifting away from my like, oh, it has to look this way. Like, this is what good parenting is to like, wow, like, this is what is. Um, And I become increasingly clear about the systems and strategies I need in place to be able to make those transition points, which is very aligned with what you talked about as like managing your stress as a leader is so hard. Managing your stress with multiple roles becomes so important too.
1: Give us some of the strategies. We love strategies.
2: (laughs) Well, I told you my, um, and this is a resource that's on our website at aimleadership.com backslash resources, but the create more time, the five steps, the collate, eliminate, eliminate, automate, delegate,
1: right. celebrate,
2: create, amplify. Um, those are, that's like something I do two to three times a day. Cause it's like closing down one chapter, opening up another chapter. And it's about optimizing my brain. I also think um, every business owner knows you want to have the most economical labor doing a task. So outsourcing things that don't give you joy, outsourcing things you're not good at, I'm, um, I'm a really good gestalt person. I'm a really bad detail person. I hire people who are really good with details. And so as you, as you think about what your greatest gifts are in the world, I think moving increasingly to segmenting work is a huge gateway for people's lowering their stress, but also amplifying their, their happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's very powerful. That's also why the zoom out is such a um, popular strategy. Yeah. One one element in uh, the system that we teach is to just, after every task, don't start immediately the next one. Take a moment to zoom out. Look at what the rest of your day is going to look like. What can you expect? What is the next task? How much time you need? What is the goal? Okay, now you can zoom in again and focus. At the end of the day, do the same thing. So you really close off the working day. You look at everything that's been going on. What's coming up tomorrow? What will my day look like? Did I remember everything? Is everything written down? Now your mind can relax and be fully present when you return back home.
2: You can step back and and then you actually, when you're home, you actually exhale. Or when you're doing your personal life, you actually relax. It's what you were saying about uh, Esther and Abraham Hicks. They actually can rejuvenate, but so often people continue on this hamster wheel and they're waking up at two in the morning thinking because they don't have those practices. That's phenomenal. I would also say we're at our happiest, and this is congruent with the flow research, when we're living in the learning zone where we're growing and developing. So that's like the donut part of the donut and start to explore your days. How do you spend more time on the donut or at a in the learning zone is a really powerful frame to kind of optimize happiness and impact.
1: Uh, you make me like donuts even more than like. <laughs> yeah. In your <laughs> program,
2: mental so yeah, I
0: really feel like a donut, like a donut with chocolate. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sprinkles on top. Yeah, and it's yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Cool. it's also made me. Not really <laughs> <that's so funny.
1: laughs>
2: funny. The, the place I worked when I was working for this nonprofit. Thursdays was donut day. I would like get up a little earlier, work out a little harder at the gym because I like the chocolate cake donuts with the glaze on them. Um, Nothing like that, and like seven cups of coffee to counterbalance the sugar high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, balance is important.
2: Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Those are my yeah uh,
0: younger years. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about balance. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I had a question go still ask. about
1: children. I'm like, if, oh, yeah. if I don't ask it now, then the go flow is me. gonna go. go it's just, um, what, one thing I realized about life is you know, there's the subconscious and the conscious mind, so two minds, and the subconscious mind is running most of our days. Studies show around 90 percent, and it's just uh choosing behaviors based on what happens around us. And the decision-making rules are beliefs. So thoughts that we think a lot, basic rules that we've learned about how life works. Mm -hmm. For me, everything changed once I realized that there are two types of beliefs. There's empowering beliefs and limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And all of them are true. It's like whatever you believe, it's always true. (laughs) You, You create your own truth based on what you believe. So my question is, Have you already thought about which beliefs you want to pass on to your daughter to set her up for a light and easy life?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we're actually incredibly blessed thanks to, um, I I joke, there's nothing natural about them. They're they're totally like technology driven kids. I have a son and a daughter. So um, our son will be uh, six in a couple of months in June and our daughter will be four in May. Um, So it's both of them and what's so interesting is they're both they're wired so differently just like they just came out of the womb differently. Um, I mean my daughter would run into a like she she dives into anything and my son is a little bit more like talk me through this like what is this going to look like you know why can't they come play at my house I've never been to their house like I'm not sure I want to do that. And it's interesting. One of the things that I have um, practices that I've brought to bear from my training is um, every night that I'm around, I, I try to snuggle them at night, you know, give them some like oxytocin to go off to sleep on. And I often whisper kind of sweet nothings to them, like, I'm so proud of how courageous you are, or creative, or curious, and what a good learner. And I, I really speak to my son about all the skills that I hope he steps forward into. He might not have manifested them yet, but it's amazing because he will lie awake. Like last night, we had friends in town and we had, um, were at a dinner, and he was lying awake. I came home and he said, snuggle me, mama. And what he really wanted was those sweet nothings. Because as soon as I started talking about what I see in him, (laughs) (laughs) so I do think, I think as leadership experts, we're about setting the bar for people, helping them believe, helping them see what they're capable of becoming, helping them believe into that. And helping them craft a path so that they can become all that they're possible that's possible, awakening their inner sense of mastery. And I'm working pretty hard to try to do that with these kids because my goodness, they are so fun. And let me tell you, they teach me more than I'm teaching them, without a doubt. It's a constant journey.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Does
2: that answer your question?
1: Oh, yes, it does. It's beautiful.
2: It's a, it's I was really...
0: wondering, because you, you talked about balance, um, we often speak about this life-work balance, and I, I was just wondering, what is your point of view on life-work balance? Is it something achievable,
2: or doesn't it, does it exist? What do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't believe in balance, because balance suggests like it's going to be like this, and you're going to balance it out, and it's always going to be like this. I think about work-life integration. What are the things that bring you so much joy that you love doing? And how do you integrate the work ones with the life ones? Um, and so I'm blessed because I love what I do. Like I like Mondays, are, I'm, Mondays I miss my kids a lot, I'll be honest. Um, but I love the work I do as much as I love time with my kids. So I don't think of, so I, for me, it's about, what is the impact I wanna have at home? What is the impact I wanna have in the workplace? And how do I put those together? Um, And they're not always gonna be in balance. There's gonna be ebbs and flows. And I feel pretty blessed that I'm continuing to learn on that journey, because it is a journey.
1: I would love to look a little bit into the future, because Mm you clearly get it. And when I saw the list of companies you worked with, it's a long list. So you've seen many environments, many leaders and you grasp those fundamentals. And my guess is that any uh, surroundings where you apply the fundamentals, good things happen. It's Like you create alignment, there's more integrity, so better results. Now looking ahead into the future, We are in exciting times because the world is speeding up and it's going faster than ever. New technologies, it's just uh, developments are faster and faster. Everything gets connected. There's an app, a tool for, for every little thing you could wish for. So, also starting a business is easier than ever before. Now, here's a little thought experiment I would love to do with you. What is your vision on what will be the most valuable company in the world in 2030. So that's 11 years from now.
2: You know, the research would suggest that that company probably hasn't been born yet. Or is it a nascent stage? Like when you see some of the largest, most powerful companies now, a lot of them there's a quickening companies are scaling much faster so i think um I, I i wouldn't even be courageous enough to guess what the the next largest what, what the most powerful company would be
1: which is what ind- i would, i'm sorry go ahead so sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i i, I was thinking maybe we can just, ter- think in terms of which industry oh yeah, yeah.
2: I, I i do think um I think AI and this idea of consolidating, um, consolidating knowledge and being able to make more educated decisions, just like we all get in on an airplane and many of us have no idea how an airplane flies and gets from point A to point B, but we trust that airplane. I think that's the same familiarity that we're going to have with AI in 11 years. I think my kids are gonna laugh at the fact that we weren't sure, we thought they would have to get a driver's license. They're gonna be like, what? Like that. I think they probably still will have to pass some kind of certification so that they um, know how to drive a vehicle if technology fails. But I think this um, trust of technology and intertwinement within our lives, which results in a, a level of surrender is going to be transformative. And I think um, intuition and relationships are going to, There's we're kind of like, we've moved away from relationships and like everything's like, you know, you can hire a car, you can have food delivered, you can like, you know, find sex online, you can find all this stuff. Um, I think you're going to see a a backlash and and relationships are going to become much more valued. I also think there's gonna be, um, I I wrote a blog recently about, um, you know, in in 2000, we talked about the the digital divide and like people who have technology and the people who don't have technology. I think we're approaching another digital divide, which is gonna be really around uh, emotional intelligence. And people who have emotional intelligence are gonna be able to be self-aware. What do I need to get into flow? What do I need to have my best day? You know, what parts of this technology serve me? What parts of this technology don't serve me? And so people with EQ are going to make better choices and are going to see amplification in their lives. I think people who have less EQ are going to become more um, consumed by the system, and it's going to to create uh, further fractions in our world. And that's a really scary thing to think about, given how fractured our world is especially life here in the U.S. right now
1: is. Yeah, it's already happening today, right? I mean, burnouts are the symptom where a person gets crushed by the system without noticing it. And then in, in Europe, we call it burnout. And it's really, yeah. I, I understood that in the U.S., the term is less well known.
2: Burnout? Yeah, uh, no, no, it's, you know, just the, the, to, to link back to the metaphor. If you spend too much time at Terror's Edge, like you're too stressed, too at capacity, that's where I think burnout happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's intriguing. What do you think that in the future? I'm curious. Have you made your predictions?
1: Yeah, I I asked this question to to several people. Um, AI uh, is often mentioned, obviously. <laughs> I. On purpose, I ask what will be the most valuable company, not necessarily the biggest one or the highest earning one. I believe that in the core, a company is always about value creation and earnings are a side effect of that. When I think of where can true value be created, I always think in terms of education. Hmm. So the most advanced technology on the planet is still right here inside our Hmm. skulls. Mm -hmm. so the ability to upgrade our ability to think make better decisions adapt better behaviors that is where most value can be gained now i don't know if the world is ready to adapt it on a large scale already in 11 years i do believe that the technology will be there to scale education so when you get to a point where there is the world's leading professor in this and this niche through virtual reality that professor can do a class for a million people all over the world. There can be complete transparency, karma systems showing rankings and appreciating positive, helpful behaviors. Um, so through full transparency and scalability, I believe that education, the theory, theoretical part can be skilled. Uh, endlessly Mm -hmm. and the practical part it it can be combined in there through coaching i think everybody will have one or more coaches everybody will have coaches and be a coach to others helping to reflect design new experiments have new experiences so people can learn and upgrade this beautiful technology inside our heads
2: yeah i think learning is going to be totally on its head too like how people learn like I wouldn't be surprised if you could upload learning at some point in time. Like I'd like Spanish, uploading that. But then it becomes back to the practical application that you speak about and the experiences that people have, so that they can tap into that. I think it's going to be definitely very interesting. Exciting. Yeah.
1: What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, listening to you, I can I can relate to to both of you a lot. Uh, AI is definitely something that most people talk about, but um. I'm a, I'm a Reiki healer, so I'm an energy healer. And I think it starts playing bigger and bigger role in the world to understand how we human beings can back understand the functionalities of nature and our own body. How can we reconnect with ourselves on such a level so we do tap into all kinds of levels of consciousness to be able to heal ourselves and have all kinds of skills and abilities that we are essentially born with. We just don't really know how to use them. So I think that that could be very valuable to really regain the confidence in the powers that we were born with. And uh, yeah, it's uh, closely related to education and relationships. And I think communities um, will become bigger and bigger just because we are trying to reconnect with people and we are searching for who is close to us and yeah, I do think that once we figure out how to properly connect with people, um, that's kind of also big. So yeah, that's just like a few ideas had. <laughs> nice. I,
2: it is awakening the inner mastery that I, I love and it's reconnecting to things that we knew innately that we might have deleted. I think is really, that resonates. That resonates.
1: I realized that one of the characteristics of flow is that time gets distorted
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: <laughs> i uh, i am shocked to see that we're already at the full hour now i would love to spend um, somewhere around seven to nine minutes on one specific section in our interview if you still have a bit of time available. Yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah go for it
1: one uh, one section that we particularly like is rapid fire question round. Ah <laughs> so what we have here is a list of words and a few short questions. The challenge for you is to answer with one word.
2: Okay. Hold on, let me let me put a cushion under my feet. That'll give me more energy to like <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: yes.
0: Word number one is effectiveness, joy.
1: Team.
2: Powerful. Money. Flowing. Success. Oh, happiness, impact, joy. (laughs) Leader. Servant.
1: Inspiration.
2: Internal expression. Contribution. Core, um, self-fulfilling, secular. Value. Essential. Fun. The reason we live, the reason we, we create, the reason we exist.
1: Spirituality,
2: personal,
0: vacation,
1: rejuvenation. What is currently the number one thing on your bucket list? Oh,
2: personal or professional or mom or
1: family? I thought, uh, when you believe in work-life integration, there's just uh, <laughs> <What>? one list.
2: <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good, that's a touché, touché. Um, you know, it's funny. I've been, um, coveting doing some, uh, spiritual work with a, uh, a, a very dear friend of mine who is a VP at Google has a, um, a shaman live in her house in New Mexico. And I was on tap to do so, uh, a couple day journey work with her. And I, uh, I woke up this morning and I was like, wow, April is the month. So that's, that's, that was my insight today. I was like, I want to spend some time in um, Arizona and in, in New Mexico with this woman doing some, some journey work. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Very <laughs> cool. That's, that might be what I asked my husband for my birthday. Not that he funds it, but that he gives me the couple days away from the family to, to do that inquiry and kind of. Um, What would be
0: the number one personal book that you would like to recommend to our listeners and
2: viewers? So I'm not going to recommend my own book, but I think that's phenomenal. Um, You know, I'm, I'm reading a bunch of different books right now. I think the one that I find so powerful and so personal and so impactful is Becoming. Michelle Obama's book I just feel um just her voice and her power and her personability is is just really compelling and I feel as a woman in this country as a professional woman in this country it gives me such hope to see a marriage that's so just aligned and um not effortless, but real and genuine. And I'm not done that, but I'm I'm definitely like, ooh, this is delicious.
1: Cool, <laughs> cool. What do you say is the purpose of life?
2: Ooh, I used to have a tagline for that. I used to say the purpose of my life is to be a secret agent for love, inspiring people to explore and create magnific- magnificent. Oh,
1: I love that.
2: And I, I love this idea of being a secret agent because it's like, ah, I've got this little plan of like what I want to do. And, and oh, it's about awakening that inner mastery so that they fall in love with themselves, so that they like have a greater impact on the world, how they have more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about it is my clients are all business clients. They're all executives or leaders or professionals or organizations, which makes being a secret agent for love even more fun because <laughs> that's not <laughs> what companies pay for, right? <laughs> so. On
0: the cover, <laughs> I love this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's the only way because you're right. They don't uh, they don't pay for it, and uh, but they
2: love it. They come back for more and more and more. So they like it. They just doesn't have an ROI that they can see.
1: Yeah, and it works.
2: It feels good too.
1: <laughs> Very cool.
2: I don't have any more questions.
1: So, well, I would
0: have many, many. But then, yeah. We have a little time limit. (laughs) So,
1: for everyone listening right now, how do they stay in touch with you?
2: Oh, I would love to connect with people on LinkedIn, Camille Preston. I would love to have you join our newsletter. And we have a ton of free resources where we try to summarize concepts to two to three pages at aimleadership.com/backslash resources. So if you like the donut or create more time or more information about flow or how to prepare or if you might be a procrastinator, there's all these tools about how to take control on the website. So go check out aimleadership.com backslash resources. Is that helpful?
1: Yeah, for sure. I've I've noted it down and we're going to put it in the show notes as well so that people can find it.
2: Fantastic. And I'm excited to hear about how your journey unfolds. I would love to stay connected on that
0: absolutely we will too
1: let's do that Camille thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for us and for this wonderful conversation
2: pleasure. thank you so such much. a joy thank you
0: i'm so happy that Camille was so open to share well her personal story recommendation to watch her TEDx talk and that she just shared so much about her life and how things work. It was such a nice, indeed it was pretty conversation more than interview. I really enjoyed that.
1: It's very refreshing. Yes. I've seen many people wear some kind of mask at work, pretending to be their role, whereas you know there's an actual person behind it. And yeah. the person has friends and has a family and likes to make jokes and watch football and drink beers. and. You know, here you see the real person behind the leadership expert. This episode was sponsored by Earn More, Work Less. We help companies get rid of stress in the office. We help individuals as well. There's a couple of free resources on our website. So, on earnmoreworkless.com, you're going to find a few free ebooks and make sure that you check out our blog as well, which is full with strategies that you can apply immediately. Now, of course, Camille Preston delivered some amazing insights already during this interview. And she mentioned that she has a couple of more resources available on our website. Her website is aimleadership.com resources. And aimleadership.com is A-I-M leadership.com. On LinkedIn, you can find her as Camille Preston. We make sure that this information is in the show notes so that it's easy to find for you. That's it for now. We wish you a beautiful day. Let's all go out, reach our goals, be successful. And most of all, let's have
2: fun.